Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. Welcome into this Monday edition of the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. He is Stephen Gagliano and Lane Kiffin just wrapped up his press conference where the audio was so bad you couldn't really hear him and uh, we didn't learn a whole lot. So there was <laughs> should this, be a great episode. Should be a great episode. Yeah, we learned basically uh, nothing at all. There was a, it was a very mundane press conference. Matt Corral is uh, talking with the media right now. If there's anything interesting that comes from that, we'll uh, we'll drop it in this feed here. Uh, maybe tomorrow or, or tonight, depending on when I can you know download the audio and all that good stuff. But we sat here and waited uh, to hear Kiffin maybe plop it in the episode somewhere, and, and like I said, the audio was so bad that it's unusable. Wanted to use it for the radio show this afternoon. Still might try, but I don't I don't know if we're going to do that. I, I mean, yikes. It would be so, a fun exercise to see if you can decipher what he's saying. Yeah. So, I mean, a different it, kind of segment. The, the questions levels were much higher than Kiffin's, and you had this during the entire thing just what you want to hear just, on the radio just what you want to hear and, and sorry for making that noise to you guys so anyway uh they did start practice yesterday uh training camp not fall camp training camp began for old miss yesterday most of college football had already started old miss was a little late obviously because they are the last game they in louisville of the opening weekend so you had a few teams start last week you had UCLA, uh, Hawaii, Nebraska, Illinois. They've been at it for a little while now, since they're a week earlier. Like the Hall of Fame game teams. You start a couple days early. Yeah. You had some teams start on Friday. I believe Mississippi State started on Friday because naturally their game is two days before Ole Miss's. And so Ole Miss was last. And uh, we're not at practice, obviously. We're based in Jackson. That's one of the hard things about doing this podcast is we are not in Oxford, so we can't go to practice. That's a shame, but we'll keep we gotta banging do what we this drum do. until someone hears it. Just send us to Oxford. <laughs> uh, they can send you. I don't know if I, uh, if, if I can afford Oxford, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, me either. It's, uh, it's much anymore. cheaper here. I'll call my parents there. and have them... Uh, you know, redo the the tuition check. This time, it'll just go to living expenses. I occasionally look at houses in Oxford and I think, "Damn, man, <laughs> <laughs> shoot, where uh, I'm gonna have to get a, a pay raise, a significant <laughs> one, if, if I'm gonna move up there." But anyway, um, so yeah, camp began yesterday, and I mean, it depends on who you want to talk to. A lot of people say the biggest storyline is John Rice Plumley moving to wide receiver, and they're very, very, very focused on that. I believe before the feed cut off in the press conference, Lane Kiffin was asked about him twice before his Heisman contending first-team All-SEC quarterback. In fact, in that press conference, not a single person mentioned the first-team All-SEC preseason quarterback in that press conference. Pretty mind-blowing, honestly. A lot of offensive line talk. Some, Understandably so. Yeah, some backup quarterback stuff. Again, these are all relevant questions, but I don't know. On the first day of training camp where you want to build some excitement, maybe not not the questions to get the people going. The, the backup quarterback thing kills me. And, and a lot of fans care, so I get it. I, no, I don't get it. What am I saying? I don't get it at all. Who cares about the backup quarterback <laughs> competition? I Look. 
there are some teams that have good backup quarterbacks. Ole Miss might have good backup quarterbacks. However, that doesn't matter. It just does not matter. If Matt Corral gets hurt, this team will not achieve their goals. They have two guys that could be the next good quarterback at Ole Miss. It's entirely possible. I mean, Altmeyer was a, a blue chip guy, like right. a, a high profile recruit. He's not ready right now. So it does not matter at all how he's looking in camp. And it drives me crazy. It's like you have one chance to ask Lake Kiffin about quarterbacks, and you don't ask about the all SEC quarterback. You're asking about a freshman after his first practice and no pads. Uh, I don't know. It's. Um, that that drives me nuts, and so yeah, I'm I'm ranting today. I'm griping a little bit. That's all right. Uh, but camp did we've, begin. We've got to fill time again after the press conference. Didn't really give us much. Didn't give us much. No. We couldn't hear much. <laughs> um, but the big story around Ole Miss camp right now is not football. It's vaccination rates. Shots we talked about arms. it last week. We talked about it around media days, and Lane Kiffin acknowledged it. Uh, in that Chris Lowe article that came out, uh, they weren't anywhere close. So we were right on that uh, during media days. They were not anywhere close uh, around SEC media days. That was, what, three weeks ago? Yep, just about. Uh, Almost four weeks ago, they were not close. They were under half the team and even less than that. They weren't anywhere close. And in Chris Lowe from ESPN's reporting yesterday, uh, according to Lane Kiffin and the people there, they have reached – a practice field 100% vaccinated. The coaches on the field and the players that are practicing in camp right now, every single one of them has received the vaccine. And there are some people, I hear from them, that think that uh, the vaccine is going to kill us all in six months and all that stuff. I mean, those people are out there. There are people that think that the players should not be compelled or even asked or offered to take the vaccine, all that stuff. And I'm not going to try to convince you that you are wrong or right or anything today. So we're going to talk about this from a football-only perspective. How's that sound? Works for me. We don't need to get into the public <laughs> health thing. Uh, for, for what it's worth, I, I said I'm not going to drop this. I, I am I'm happy to see that. I am glad that they did that. I think, personally, I think that was the right thing to do. But we'll... we'll Everybody put your pitchforks and torches yes. away. Um, from a football perspective... Stephen, tell me what you think about these things right here. Number one, I think this means you have a really good – it's a sign. Now, I'm not inside the locker room, but this – them reaching 100% this quickly. And by the way, it was not forced. It was not forced on them. They didn't get to that point. They did not threaten. They, they did nothing. It was not forced on them. They were given the choice, and they all chose to do it. I think this is an indicator, just an indicator. Again, it's just vaccines, right? It I think it's a sign of a strong locker room culture. I think it's a sign that you have significant trust between coaches and players and the people that the coaches brought in to talk to the players. I think it's a sign of total team buy-in. And that sounds a little crazy since we're talking about a vaccine, but to have everybody on this page where, as a lot of people have reported already, it was an atmosphere of, hey, here's a doctor. They're a specialist in this field, and they know everything that you need to know about these vaccines. So the players that haven't gotten it, come sit down and talk to this doctor. There's not a dumb question you can ask. There's not a dumb thought you can have. It's just a dialogue. 
And then they all, after those conversations, agreed to do it. That is a sign of trust. That is a sign of culture. That is a sign of buy-in. I might be reading too far into it, but when I saw that, I was really encouraged by what that means for the mentality inside of your locker room right now. Yeah, and the key word, I think, is accountability. And no one in that locker room or any locker room out there wants to be the one that causes a forfeit. Once that word forfeit got thrown out there, again, around the time of SEC media days, I think that ramped this thing up to 11. No one wants to be the one that starts an outbreak. And, you know, being able to to tell your players, hey, look, if we get to even just that 85% benchmark that we were originally talking about, you're out of these protocols where that's a high likelihood that something's going to show up positive and you're going to have quarantines and all that kind of nonsense. But if you get to that 100%, there's no chink in the armor that says, this is a possibility. Now at 100% vaccination between coaches, staff, and players, you're, you're good to go. You're good to enter this season as you want to enter a football season yeah. where the focus is on football. Yep. And the SEC has not yet released their policy, uh, but at least as of right now, and now this could change, it certainly could change, but as of right now, what they anticipate this means is testing will be minimum, if at all. Uh, it sounds like they're only going to get tested if they're showing symptoms or if they're in a confirmed close contact with a COVID positive. Um, they will get to practice as normal. They will get to have meetings as normal. They will get to travel normally. It, they will get to do everything normally with very few interruptions in the word you used forfeit It's still possible. It's possible that they still have to. But the parameters around a forfeit for a team like Ole Miss that has 100% is different than other teams in the SEC. There's one in particular that doesn't sound like they're at the threshold yet. It's different for them as opposed to Ole Miss. So it makes forfeit extremely unlikely, and it makes everything normal. So... It doesn't give you a competitive advantage because Alabama, LSU, Georgia, I think Florida was one of them that was also there. Yeah, I think they were around 80 in the article. We're over half the league now, without a doubt. Uh, But it removes a competitive disadvantage for you and your team. You get to act normal, at least for now, and they could change their minds and alter some stuff. It's entirely possible that they do. But for now... The current rules in place say they get to go about their business with no interruptions, and that's a great thing. It is. And the other thing you mentioned as far as that trust between the coaching staff and the players, there was a separate article on ESPN talking about Lane Kiffin's accountability with his weight. It's yeah. been a topic this off season of him losing a lot of weight, but he was saying, how can I stand up there tell my players to treat their bodies better while I stand up here. I think he said he looked like a whale or he something. He said an anaconda with a deer in its throat or something okay, like that. Okay, yeah, the, the whale something part like was that. later. <laughs> so a lot of animal references in yeah. there. But And then he said something similar today with the vaccine is how can I stand up there and you know say all this without doing it himself? So yeah. I think that speaks a lot to – who he is as a coach, and now that relationship that he's building within the locker room. Yeah, Uh, he mentioned Jeff Lebby's on a a weight loss train right now. Um, 
but the accountability thing, the trust is really there. I mean, it's really there between coaching staff and players, it seems. And this is a good sign of that. And I love that perspective, too. I mean, I, I had a coach in high school. I know it's high school football. It's different. But, uh, I mean, he was extremely overweight. And he'd get out there and yell at us when we're doing when we're doing drills about how we're dragging. And it's like, look at yourself. What do you mean I'm dragging? <laughs> you know? And that you know, that's kind of a, a smart-ass way to, to look at it. But that perspective is one that will resonate with kids. How are we going to tell you to go get a vaccine if we haven't? Right. How are we going to tell you, hey, you've got to change your body. you got to lose some weight. If I look like this, if I'm not going to do that, I love that. I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff that we talk about so much with this particular coaching staff and how they approach it. The, the, the way they go about, the way they went about last summer with all the protests and stuff, that became a problem in Baton Rouge. That was not a problem in Oxford because they embraced it. They approached it. They listened to the kids, right? Right. So it wasn't an issue. Ed Wardron called a team meeting last summer and six players showed up. That was, yeah, I mean, that, that it, was, after that, that was where a lot of those kind of questions about that locker room and how that season was going to go for them really started to amplify, I guess. Yeah. And, and so then you fast forward to a season and they play good, exciting football and he said all the right things. You know, after they played Alabama close, fans were excited because you see, hey, wait a minute. We shouldn't compete with them, and we did. This is cool. But what did Kiffin say after the Alabama game? I didn't come win. here to play them close. Why, are, they, why are fans cheering when we walk off? Yeah. We didn't win. That resonates. Yep. And then you fast forward to this stuff and the transfer messaging. Coaches are allowed to leave. My coaches are getting frustrated with a kid wanting to leave. Well, you'll take the next better job the second it's offered to you. That kind of, that real resonates with kids today. It's They're different now. And um, it's just another example, the way he talked today about it, of how he and his staff are relating to their football team. It may or may not turn into wins. We'll see. But I think it does matter. Yeah, it's um, certainly better than the alternative. If right now you're having the conversation of, well, no one's getting vaccinated, the head coach won't say anything about it, he doesn't want to talk with his players about it, that presents kind of a disjointed mess. Right now you have a unified message and a unified team as camp starts. That's definitely how it looks. So Kiffin did talk to the media today. I will say that everybody that was at practice, and I did talk to somebody that was there, uh, the whole changing their bodies thing, apparently that's real. I mean, they they definitely look different. And again, what does that matter? If they're not good football players, but they look like good football players, they're still going to lose games. However, uh, there's definitely been a lot of body transformation on that roster. But we didn't get to see practice, so that's all I've got for you. Well, and that's an interesting point that, again, we've talked about it before, but there was an article that you liked on Twitter and it showed up in my feed, Talk, and it was different, I guess, coaches talking anonymously about other SEC teams heading into this season. And there's a quote in there uh, with someone talking about Ole Miss that just says, they don't look SEC, honestly. We judge that by looking at the front seven, and there's not enough size or grit. So going into the season, that's the perception. So if they can that's change, what it looked like. Right. If, if you can change that perception of your football team, and if you can change it, on the field, that will translate to wins. 
But right now, going into the season, yeah. rightfully so, that's how a lot of people from the outside are looking at this team. I usually roll my eyes at the anonymous coach quotes, but the Ole Miss ones are pretty spot on. They honestly. actually are. Yeah, I was flipping through them, and the one that made me laugh is the defense is keeping them, them down. We knew that from last season, but it goes on to say, I'm not sure there's a bigger gap between two sides of the ball in this league. <laughs> they could have changed this league to in the history, in the of, history football. of football. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean that's uh, they they will definitely look different. There are so many. Well, I mean we talked about this last week, but now that they're practicing a little bit, and I mean depth charts are, are not a thing to look at right now. Uh, but the guys that are in the main rotations, it appears that the vast majority of them on defense are guys that you have not really seen play a whole lot of football yet. It's. Um, Pretty remarkable how quickly they've turned that defensive roster over. They just got to go prove it. Uh, what else did Kiffin say that stood out to you in his uh, in his press conference? Was there anything that you know that you heard that is noteworthy? He did mention the fact that you know we can we can talk about the the Elijah Moore thing and who replaces the production. No one, but as far as positionally, Kiffin mentioned that they're going to. Think about moving some guys outside, other guys inside potentially with uh, with John Rice Plumley now at wide receiver. So I think you're going to see a little bit more rotation at the wide receiver position than maybe just Braylon Sanders, Jonathan Mingo, uh, Dennis Jackson, some of those guys that we've talked about before. I, I think you'll you'll actually see a lot more guys rotate in until they find the perfect spot for each of these guys. Yeah, uh, a lot of offensive line talk. Uh, yeah, I talked a good bit about the transfer from Utah, Umana. Am I going to say that name Yeah, wrong? I think that we'll go with that. All right. Close enough. Yeah. Uh, anticipation is he'll step in and start right away. Yep. At center is is what it seemed. I think somebody asked him the question, asked Kiffin the question right after he already answered it. Yeah, and, that was tough. Yeah, he kind of took a, not a shot at the guy, but uh, he, he's he good at that. that he's good part. at those little off-the-cuff off the things of, yeah. of that, but... Yeah, so you've got him starting right at center, moving Ben Brown back to his natural position at guard. So a couple, again, offensive line, clarification questions more than anything. Really uh, experienced group. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talked about last time you were with us, uh, the SEC's leading rushing offense, returning basically everybody. They do lose an offensive lineman, and although different position— they replaced that offensive lineman with a guy that has 26 power five starts under his belt. Not the SEC, but I, I mean, I would take that all day, right? So you've got a, a group that has played a lot of football together or in general, all five of them up front. And not the deepest position group in the world, but there are some good depth pieces behind them. That should be a position of strength for Ole Miss this year, even with the loss of what might be a day one starter in the NFL. He's replaced by a 26-time starter in the Power Five, and everybody else is back. It's a good, experienced position group right there. At least it should be. It really should be, and all the more reason why it was absurd that Ole Miss was left off the top five rushing teams on, in the Gene. SEC, according to Gene Chizik. But, and, you know, I was, I was hoping to hear a little bit more about the running back group and what they're planning on doing with Jerrion Ely. I know Kiffin said that it, it was kind of a, you know, first couple of days you're doing very basic things, so that'll have to develop as camp goes and as reports kind of emerge from there. But 
I think there's still so much left to be said about what his role is going to be on this offense this season. So I'm really looking forward to that, even though we didn't necessarily hear about it today. Yeah. Uh, curious about the tight end position as well. So uh, Kiffin said Casey Kelly, uh, they're expecting him to be back towards the end of camp. And uh, he did mention, and it's something that we talk about often, is they run their offense based on personnel. They do not fit personnel into their offense. It changes from year to year, from game to game. And tight end is usually something that Lane Kiffin has used in his offense often. And they may or may not have that luxury. I mean, Casey Kelly's the most experienced guy in that position group, and he really only was useful in one bowl game for Ole Miss. Right. I mean, that, yeah, that's really it. One big catch right now is his highlight tape. And the brother of Swag Kelly. But, <laughs> uh, they, I mean, they have a really talented freshman that's uh, finally fully healthy after uh, he had some injury issues in high school. Uh, but that's it, really, for that position group. So I'm fascinated to see you know, how they use that position considering the depth or lack thereof there. Uh, he mentioned about Sam Williams' consistency. Mm-hmm. needs to be more consistent. Yeah, he uh, he, said, he's away yeah. from the team for a little while. Also, uh, some some things happen there. He's okay. Everything's okay. But has kind of been in and out and, and is inconsistent. He even said the, the phrase or the expression, whatever you want to call it, sometimes he looks like an NFL player. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He clearly sees potential there. You don't throw that phrase around just for the heck of it. So to say he can look like an NFL guy at times and then <laughs> – then he just said, and then at times he doesn't. It's as yeah. simple as that. So, <laughs> But, yeah, I, I think he can – we saw it a couple years ago. He can be a very solid defensive player in the SEC. But, yeah, very up and down last season. Yeah, maybe the uh, the consistency of camp will uh, ground him a little bit. Uh, other than that, is there anything else? I mean, he was asked about Ely and said, yeah, they'll work on schematic stuff later on. I mean, they're they're not game planning for Louisville right now. No, it's just not something that they're going to be doing right now. So it's mostly just base stuff and getting reps and those kind of things. Uh, and they're definitely not going to tell us how they're going to use Jerry and Eli, not <laughs> Eli, Jerry and Eli, uh, at any point in the season. Anyway, he's not going to tell us, but I mean, definitely not right now. Anyway, right? I think honestly, the biggest takeaway is the vaccinations, and unfortunately, he kind of spoiled his own biggest news by this ESPN article coming out yesterday. He should have waited. Yeah, and just he could have dropped it, it in on the press conference. Yeah, but. it would have made it much more of an impact, but to you know, to do it on a Sunday when everyone was just kind of you know, curing their hangover or whatever, yeah. reading that, it didn't quite have the impact. It's, uh, it's definitely a big deal. I mean, for, for nothing else, regardless of how you feel about them, uh, they get to conduct business as normal. That's the most important thing. No disruptions. And there, I, I, you know, I could be proven wrong here. I don't expect the entire SEC to be. No. I, I don't I, expect it. I, I think And I would love to rare. be proven wrong, but I don't expect the entire SEC, all 14 teams, to be above that threshold on day one, 26 days from right now. And that 100%, that really is, I mean, obviously, but it's huge. 90% is great. Alabama's not at 100. Yeah. If let's say, for example, say ninety nine point nine percent of your team is vaccinated and Matt Corral isn't, and Matt Corral has to sit in the very back of the meetings with a mask on, he can't interact with certain guys at certain times and in certain ways. 
for or literally. for certain periods of time. There exactly. was like that fifteen minute close contact thing, and you had to. They had to practice weird last year because you can only be close to somebody for a certain amount of time before you had to stop. Yeah, and, and we can sit here and, and say that that's insane all we want, which it was, but that was the rule. Now, not one of your players has to worry about that. Nope. Get to be completely normal. And I'm telling I mean, I, I don't think that everybody's going to get there. And maybe other schools—there's just there's a couple of, of coaches— and they're not the only ones involved here, but there's a couple of coaches in the SEC, one in particular, that uh, just will not engage in that kind of discussion. So that's going to have to come from other people because it's not going to come from the head coach. It's also not a HIPAA violation. I've learned this recently. Man. I've listened to interviews with lawyers, doctors, not a HIPAA violation. So for anyone out there that, that says that, that's incorrect. Well, what we need to do in this country is really actually teach people the constitution and all of its amendments. I mean, really teach them (laughs) what the first amendment is. And second, we need to teach them about HIPAA and also teach them how to spell it correctly. Yes. Uh, Most people forget that second P second a. Wow. (laughs) That was, that was bad. We're going to leave this in here. Because it's a, a message to myself. Oh, well, you just of, you just misspoke is all yeah, that is. Yeah, exactly. That's what I should have hid behind. Um, I thought it was the second P. HIPAA <laughs> says that At least I the doctors or the physicians or whoever cannot release that data. So when Adam Schefter tweeted the picture of uh, Jason Pierre-Paul's firework blown up hand, Adam Schefter did not violate HIPAA. The person treating Jason Pierre-Paul violated HIPAA because that picture was released without the consent of Jason Pierre-Paul. That's that's all it is. People are like, oh, Schefter, that's oh, a very HIPAA, HIPAA. Way no. to break it down. Yeah. I like it. It, it. Schefter didn't do anything wrong. He was not the one that – anyway. So we got to teach both. Dak Prescott's answer, isn't that HIPAA? No, Dak, it's not. They can ask you a thousand times. They can ask you every single day for the rest of your life if you've gotten the vaccine. You don't have to answer, but uh, they can ask. And you can answer, and it violates nothing. Man, I'm so mad at myself for getting that wrong. Oh, whatever. Nobody cares. Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act is what it stands for. Well, I mean, I have misspeak every mis speak every day <laughs> there we go so yeah i, I do so it we're even literally every single day like <laughs> i want to be a professional talker i guess technically i am and i cannot talk very well it's the damnedest thing so it's an art form yeah kiffin uh, didn't give us much in the press conference but uh, they are practicing which is uh obviously the exciting and important thing and they're doing it unrestricted so good for them anything else that, that we've missed that is going on hmm I was kind of out of touch all weekend. I was at a wedding, so Good. I didn't didn't miss much. So. Where was it? Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh, first time there. I liked it. Uh, little Rock's a nice little nice little city. Some new developments around apartments, yeah. condos, restaurants. I was a big fan. Yeah, Arkansas. we spent the majority of our time in one establishment, but we had a lot of fun at that one establishment. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> hogs there. Obviously. Yeah. I I mean, I don't get why Arkansas still plays games there. I know it's like a political play and stuff in Little Rock. There's a lot of Arkansas fans in Little Rock, and it's a long way from Fayetteville. Fayetteville, But my gosh, could you imagine Ole Miss still playing two home games in Jackson? 
That would bother me so much if I'm a student. Yeah. You, like, to have to travel to a home game, quote-unquote, I would be so annoyed by that. Forget that. Yeah, and they'd sacrifice a game every other year by playing A&M in Dallas right? as well. Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> I guess he gives them enough money to where it justifies doing that, I suppose. But I don't know where I, where I was hearing this, but I, I've recently heard someone ask the question, could the SEC championship game move there now that Texas and Oklahoma would be in the SEC? I would hate that. Could it? Yeah. Will it? No. That's good. I think that would be a terrible idea. No, it, it, Atlanta's become Omaha. You can't move the College World Series anymore. That's a, yeah. It, it's it's Omaha. You're, we're going it's Omaha. A, as I get two robocalls from Atlanta, Heck I yeah. think they hear us talking about them. But it's it's synonymous now with the SEC yes. championship. Yeah, you got to keep it there. Um, Hoover, not so much, just because it's the baseball tournament, right? You know, just lower in scale. I like that they moved SEC media days around for, I guess, a couple years, two years in a row. Yeah, and they're, they're going to do it again, too. Okay. They'll end up making it a night uh, event. Uh, speaking of night events, uh, get behind the grill and do it this week. little hot, but that's okay. And you get that started at LB's, just across from Kroger, right there in Oxford on University Avenue. Go by and see Greg and tell him that we sent you. They also have daily lunch specials, Monday through Friday, uh, but they are open seven days a week. So if you're going to put something on the grill, get that started at LB's. It's the best place in Mississippi to get your meat. Also, podcast brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website. They're an office technology solutions company, and they service the entire state of Mississippi. So if you have a business and you're looking for you know, simple things like copiers and printers and mail machines or cloud storage and data security, IT projects, office technology solutions, ABSMS is the place to get it. They will give you a complimentary assessment. Uh, they won't charge you, and they'll let you know what they can offer you and uh, try to fit your needs. So uh, give them a shout and uh, let them know that we sent you as well. ABSMS.com is the website. Wish we could give you more today, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to... Uh, leave them wanting more. Leave them wanting more. That's what more. we're doing here. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but practice is here, which is a really yep. good thing. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll talk to you again on Wednesday. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.